Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of the Steelers Preview. Joining me, as always, is the Three Stooges come together again. Our superpowers, our stooge powers come together. And I don't know which one I'm introducing, but it's it's Brian Anthony Davis. I don't know which stooge you would be, Brian. Um, you said that I was, which one was I? Oh, you're you, said, de- you are definitely Mo because okay. you're the bully of the group. And <laughs> I don't you, know. You've got the, How am I the bully? I don't get that at all. <laughs> um, I, I think, uh, I think people would agree with that. You're, okay. you're the stern guy and you're, <laughs> you're keeping us in line. I mean, I am, I would probably think I would I, not curly cause I'm not bald and I have curly hair though. So I guess I'd be Joe. Okay. So why don't you introduce? Oh, Larry, Larry. Larry. Okay, I guess Larry, his name yeah. is Larry. Yeah, Larry Curly and Mo. I guess I would be Larry. Why, um, don't, why don't you introduce our other co-host for tonight? And now for the man who gets blocked more times than my arteries, it's Dave Schofield. <laughs> Dave, Uh-oh. welcome to the show. Hi guys. I just I want you to know that you've got a friend in me. Uh, sorry, I took my kids to the Toy Story 4 movie tonight, so I've mm. kind of got that on the mind. You know, oh, wow. spe- speaking of Toy Story, you want to hear something crazy? For the connoisseur of animated movies that I am, I've never seen any of the Toy Story movies. And my kids have. I've heard them. So they've watched them in the van, but I've never actually sat down and watched all of them. Wow. Bits and pieces of everything. I feel like I know the storyline, and I've I could tell you what happens. But I have yet to see from start to finish any of them. Have you seen any Disney movies, Pixar movies, start to finish? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've seen Mm -hmm. Moana more times than I care to, but I've seen it. (laughs) Jeff, you're going to implement my rule is that the kids aren't allowed to watch a movie in the van until I've seen it. So that way, when I hear it, I actually know what's going on. (laughs) Seriously, my kids have watched Moana a ton, and I've seen it one time. One time. Well, the, the only is, reason, the only reason Jeff watched Moana because Villager Number Two is voiced that's by Troy Palomalu. That's right, exactly. Troy Palomalu, he's very soft-spoken. Okay, <laughs> we'll digress from our animated. We could talk, but we're all dads. We could talk about this for a while. Um, I have a, you know, this is a week, and there's going to be several weeks like this where there's no news. And as Dave always says, and I always say, no news is good news this time of year because if you have news. Unless it's like a contract renegotiation or a new contract being given, pretty much news right now is bad news. Someone got arrested, someone's facing suspension, all those bad things that can happen, or someone got injured, maybe training. The Steelers have had no news really this week. The one thing that has been coming out and is going to continue to come out throughout the next few weeks are lists. You know, the top 100 lists, the CBS top 100 players, the pro football focus, top 50 players. And my question for you guys is when you see these lists, you're like me. I know you are. You're going to scan them to see who made it from the Steelers. Do you really care, though, or is this just kind of like filler for the offseason? Brian, we'll start with you. You know, it is uh, one of the most fantastic motivators, especially for the Steeler team right now. It, yeah, yes, it is filler. I do not pay attention to them at all. In fact, 
yeah, you know what? I do pay attention to them. And I look to see how many Steelers are not on the list because I don't want these guys on the list. I want it to be a motivator because right now, I mean, this is a theme. If you've been watching this show, listening to us, my theme the entire offseason is I love how these guys are banding together. And I love the fact that they all have chips on their shoulders. So let's leave somebody off and let them get pissed and let them show you and show the world why they should be on that list. And I think that's the recurring theme for my thoughts. I think that's the recurring theme for the Steelers. Ben's going to talk about it all year long, about how no one's believed in us, and we're just going to go show them. And I could see him in the playoffs. No one believed in us all year, and now we're here. And I love it. So um, when, when Ben has a chip, and when that team is upset about something, it's fantastic. And for me, Jeff, for me, Dave, the only list that you need to be on is Hall Notes Kiss on my list. <laughs> All right, uh, El Blocko, uh, Dave, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> El Blocko. Um, I'm such a fanboy with these kind of lists. I go through and I look for the Steelers, and if they're on there, that's great. It's fantastic. And if they're not on there, then it's a crap list, and I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do look. I mean, I have to look. Uh, we write these articles because it's something to talk about, something to debate. And it's I, I, I compare these to power rankings during the season, you know, because the power rankings, everyone, it, you're, you're taking someone else's thoughts and, and you're just debating them. That's all it is. The New England Patriots being number two to the Los Angeles Rams last year for the majority of the season in the power rankings meant absolutely nothing. All it was is that fans could debate on why aren't the Patriots number one or why aren't the Chiefs number two or will the Chiefs beat the Patriots in this week and the Patriots. It's all it is. It's just a discussion piece. And that's why when I write these articles for the website, um, even though our lovely fans sometimes at BehindTheSealCurtain.com refuse to read all of it and say, like, well, I understand that these these rankings mean absolutely nothing nothing i will say that the nfl network's top 100 carries a little bit more to it because the players vote on it so it's like for instance pro football focus they use all their analytics and um you know cbs uh, who is that a couple nerds sitting in a room picking 100 top 100 players so the nfl 100 on the nfl network i'll put a little bit more credence into but other than that I don't care about these lists, period. So it sounds um, to me like Brian and I need that job for CBS. We, you we, know, we'd, be, we'd be perfect for a couple of nerds sitting in a room deciding stuff about football. Why I, don't you why don't you guys do the BTSC top one hundred? You know what? I, challenge accepted. I also I was thinking when you were saying that I'd love to do my own Brian version of power rankings. Oh boy. <laughs> that would be it actually pretty be, fun. It has to be football. Although offseason you could rank other stuff. Yeah. Uh, we might start the Brian power rankings. Do the fo um, do do the football power rankings and then do other rankings, which might be funny. That you know what? That's I think we have some, we're onto something yeah, there. The um, brain, really the brain trust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're having a meeting right here right here live. Um actually, um and I don't want to discuss this on air, but we probably all know um the uh, the brother of somebody that does stats for CBS Sports um, locally in um, here, and I'll tell you that off air, but uh, somebody was telling me recently how uh, he has the coolest job ever. 
um, in Florida or something, uh, working for CBS, the stats, and that's all he does is fun stat stuff. So that that's me. When I think of that, I think of Dave. I'm glad you said me, but that's all you, buddy. I mean, that's that's something that you would be amazing at. I mean, I would have to do the most ridiculous stats of like uh, who got his toenails cut seven times last season, and that that'd be my fun stuff. <laughs> Speaking of stats and nerdy stuff, let's go and transition <laughs> into the Stat Geek segment. Dave, what do you have for us this week? Oh, I just I got a couple uh, just trivia tidbit pieces of information. Um, once I said once I said before, if you guys actually could take the time to type in my entire Twitter address to follow me on Twitter, uh, you would already know these answers. But uh, it, it, it's all right. I, I found an interesting stat this week. I was looking at once again. Uh, takeaways, turnovers, turnover margin. And I just decided on a whim to look at turno games with of the turnover margin in games since Mike Tomlin became the head coach. And what I found is that ever since Mike Tomlin became the head coach, in the 37 games that the Steelers have played where they had a turnover margin of plus two or more, they are 36 and one if they have a turnover margin of plus two or more ever since Mike Tomlin has been the head coach. That includes playoffs. I want to know if either of you know what game it was that they lost. That's exactly what I was thinking before you even asked the question is what game did they lose where they were better than plus two in the turnover? Brian, do you know? Not at all. Gosh. All Um, right. So it's time to start dropping a couple hints. Okay. They they had no turnovers. They had two takeaways. It was at home. It was a prime time game. Again, it's against the Ra- is it against the Ravens. It was against the Ravens. Was it Week Four this year? No, on a Thursday night. Oh, Michael Vick. The game that I, yes, that I affectionately call the SCOBY debacle. Yeah. The game that the Steelers had completely wrapped up until he just kept screwing them over and over. And every little thing went against them in order for that game to even get to overtime, let alone for them to lose it in overtime. Hey, hey, you know what? Something great happened in that game. We got us the gift of Boz after that game. That's true. Know how great oh. that gift is. Can we? Is that a return policy that's, on that gift? I was going to say that's a very short-lived <laughs> gift. It was, it was a great gift for a while, but hopefully it's coming back around. All's well um, Boswell. <laughs> yeah, just um, just just to follow that up a little bit, I did go back and just look at the Steelers when they are plus one in turnover margin. So that means that anytime they have a positive number for the just the plus one games, they're still twenty, uh, twenty-six and seven under Tomlin. So that means. As long as they're winning that turnover battle, they are doing fantastic. But yeah, that was the one time they actually had they were plus two and managed to lose that game. So, but I think we all have different impressions from from that game. A friend of mine uh, went and went and took the tickets, took my tickets to go to that game, and it was just he he said it was the most heart wrenching game he'd ever been to. Um, I wanted to, to to bring back something that, that happened a while ago when we uh, talked about um, the only player in the NFL ever drafted out of Tusculum. 
Do we remember uh, who we had for that for the Steelers? Ricardo Coakley. Yeah, Coakley. Ricardo Coakley was drafted out of Tusculum. I he's technically the only player to ever play in the NFL out of Tusculum. He is not the only player out of Tusculum to be on the Steelers' 53-man roster. There was another – I'd stumbled across this this week. There was another player that was on the roster for the Steelers. He was only on it for three weeks and was inactive every week before he got moved to the practice squad, was on the practice squad for the, for the rest of that season, and, and then was at least on there for part of the time the following season. This was back in – I'm pretty sure – got to double-check my number here. I'm pretty sure that was 2015. Um, yeah, back in 2015 and he was on, he was, he was a waiver claim and was on the roster for three weeks. And then he was sent to the practice squad for Anthony Ciccolo to then move up to the active roster. You guys have any idea? BW Webb. That was a great guess, but that was one year too soon. He was in, he was in 2014. Okay. Uh, he was a defensive lineman. Defensive lineman. Jeff looks like he's got absolutely nothing. No clue. <laughs> I'm totally out of it in this one. I'm going to give Brian about four I've more got, seconds. I've got nothing. So this is your crazy trivia that no one would ever care about. This well, would this be is, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> this would be Kashawn Lyons. Kashad, I remember Kashad Lyons. They picked him up yeah. from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa, correct? Yep, that's correct. Exactly. He was, was he, did we pick, was that the year we picked up two players from Tampa on the same day? No, that, that was, uh, that was a different year. Cause I, I did have, uh, I had something that ran today that, that kind of outlined all these moves that the Steelers made, uh, before week one over the last six years. Cause they've made, they've made a move every time where someone was on the 53 man roster. So don't get too attached to he everyone numbered right now being on the roster. Or, you know, are the only people that could make our 53-man roster because the Steelers have made a move every year for the last six years. Yeah. I, I am going to guess. I read that article. I'm going to guess number 96 or number 99. I think number 96. But I was so impressed with Kashad Lyons. I actually gave it to be reversed to Kashad. But it didn't work. <laughs> Okay. Well, I get no laughs on that one. I got crickets. You broke up on me. I didn't you hear were breaking you up. You were breaking up a little bit. I didn't hear all of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a good one too. Oh, <laughs> oh we're we're sorry, YouTube. Yeah, I'll, I'll so. save it. Yeah. So, but that's that's everything that I have for Stat Geek today, Jeff. Wow. Okay. I told you, you I'd keep it nice and tight. That's right. Yeah, it's the off season. So we know what we were talking before we went on the air. And we were saying, okay, what are we going to talk about tonight? And we have the Steelers preview player as Ulysses Gilbert the third from Akron. And he's the final sixth-round draft pick for Pittsburgh in the 2019 NFL draft. And we're going to get to him. Um, but we're like, you know what? There's really not much to talk about. Why don't we have a Q&A? So if you're right now, if you're in the live chat, if you're watching on YouTube, we have a decent amount of people in here right now. Then you want your question answered. By all means, put it into the live chat and we'll do the best that we can to answer as many as we can until we feel like we've kind of gotten to the point where we need to move on. Now, with that being said, 
I think that it's important to state that if you want to use a super chat feature, which shows that have been in the live chat for several episodes of seeing people use that. And that's where you throw a little bit of money our way as I call it the tip jar. And uh, we had a question on my show last night, the Steelers burning question. Someone said, where's this money going? Well, I'll tell you where the money's going in case you weren't there and listening to that. It goes into an account. That account has to accrue money. Once it reaches a threshold, which is set by YouTube, not by me, that money goes into an account. When it gets into the account, we can access that money however we like. So we're going to use some of that money for giveaways this season. If, let's say, Brian needs uh, new headphones, I could use that money to get him new headphones. If Lance decides he needs to get a new internet service, I'm not paying for that. He can do that himself. Um, but stuff like that. So it's kind of going to be regurgitated back into the show. So I don't want you all thinking that we're just going to like pocket the money and run. We're not going anywhere. But Felicia just used the... Uh, you know, she she just used the live chat again. She asked a question earlier first. So, Dave, you wanted to answer this question before you even, Felicia, came back into the live chat and, and asked again. And that was about the sign behind you. If you're not watching on YouTube, you have no idea what he's referring to. So, Dave, make sure you uh, verbally explain what you're talking about so that those who are listening in podcast form can get a visual. All right. Yeah, this was something that was brought up on Jeff's show last night that I did not make it to the live chat because of a previous engagement. Um, so I I wanted to go ahead and said, this is a nice little sign that says, I traveled to Heinz Field from, and of course, because of my infamous Star Wars mask back there, I wrote a galaxy far, far away. These signs this past season were actually given out at the Steelers Nation Unite tents, both outside the stadium and inside the stadium. Uh, my daughter uh, got one when we went to the, the fourth preseason game. It said, this is my first game. They have various different things. Uh, my brother came up with this idea for me to do this one. Uh, this is from the game against the Falcons. It even has the... It even has Pittsburgh versus Atlanta, October 7, 2018, on the bottom of it. I really hope they do this again this year. Last year, I'm pretty sure, was the first year that they did it. It was very popular. If you look at Steelers Nation Unite uh, pictures, a lot of people had those signs up. Um, I have another one from the Patriots game. I wrote the same thing again. But th this was something really, really neat and nifty that they did this season. So you don't have to invest any money. Just get to the game, go to the SNU tent, and they will have them there for you to fill out. Very good. So there you go, Felicia. There's your answer. That's how you can get your I traveled to Heinz Field from a galaxy far, far away sign um, for all those people that understand what his helmet means. I would be like, hey, that guy's wearing a unique helmet. So uh, she also says using $5 for the tip jar, that she's, is it me or do you hear that Jeopardy theme song playing in your head when Dave asks a question? I think that's a fair assessment. I really do. Um, let's go to the next. Uh, and, and again, I do want to emphasize if you use the Super Chat feature, we will guarantee to answer your question. And so, yeah, I will overlook some questions to get to the Super Chat feature. It's only right. They're putting their money out there. So Snowman asks, who is your long shot to make the 53-man roster this year? Brian, who do you have? I'm still going with Cameron Kelly, the cornerback. 
um, that was that was came from the San Diego Fleet had three interceptions in one game before they uh, before the bottom of that league. Um, one of them was a touchdown. Um, he played for the Cowboys a little bit and then was cut. Um, I, I just he's a six two corner that I like a lot about him. I I'm I'm thinking this is the kind of guy that could stick in that kind of stable. Okay, what about you, Dave? I'm going to go with who I said before, but add someone else. Uh, mine is uh, PJ Locke, the safety out of Texas. There was an undrafted rookie free agent. It, um, I, I think there's an opportunity for for one of those uh, undrafted guys or one of those AAF safeties to make the team, unless, like like I said earlier, the Steelers make a move at that position. The other one I want to throw out there that um, Brian's going to love is Connor Sheehy on the defensive line, because you beat me, you knew it was coming. Yeah, we knew it was coming. Um, that's because. When when you do the math, last week we talked about Isaiah Bugs. Could he bump off Daniel McCullers? There's room for both of those guys. So if you're wanting someone to bump McCullers, it could still even be somebody else there. You've got him. You've got Hooks. You've got a couple guys on that defensive line that, that really could come in and surprise there. So that's – I'm more about – I think you have a chance for long shots at those two positions. It's probably even better to say than just give a specific name. But I'll throw those two names out. All right, I'm going to go with a player that a lot of people might say because he was drafted, it's not a long shot, but I'm going to say Derwin Gray, the seventh-round pick from Maryland. Um, this coaching staff seemed to be pretty impressed with him, his versatility. Um, he was able to play every single position on the offensive line that wasn't center. That versatility can find you a spot on the team, period. Because if you look at the interior offensive line, yeah, you have Pouncey and B.J. Finney backs him up, and so let's say something happens to Pouncey, B.J. Finney goes to center, who's going to back up at guard? Yeah, Matt Filer can bump down, but if he's your starting right tackle, do you really want to do that? Um, it, it would A lot of shuffling would have to go on. Another player would be uh, Brian Davis's boy, Zach Banner. Isn't that his name? I'm a Zach Banner fan. Yeah, you are, and he's a monster of a man. And so maybe it, it, we all talk about the trio battling for right tackle. No one brings up his name at all. So go ahead, Brian. You want to say something about that? Who's his dad? Do you know his dad? Uh, am I supposed to know his dad? His dad was a number one pick of the Atlanta Falcons. Huh. Um, and that would be Lincoln Kennedy. Did not know if, that. If you remember, I believe 1992. In fact, uh, I was looking up the, the Steelers have a couple other number one picks that uh, fathers played and were excuse me, not number one picks. Their fathers were number one picks in this league. So it's really interesting. And they have a another guy that his uh, father was a number one pick in baseball, which is Trey Griffey, of course. But uh, Cam Hayward's dad was a number one pick. Yeah. And also played for the Falcons, but not picked by the Falcons. That's very true. All right, let's now, go to the next. Go I was going to say just one last thing about Banner. Remember, he was on the 53 yeah. all season last year. He, I think he dressed... I think it was one game. There's a chance it could have been two, but I'm pretty sure it was just one because um, Brian Brian said it was more than that. I no, know no, I'm sorry. He okay. was a fourth round. He was a fourth round pick. That's what I was trying to. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah. So so just remember, 
he's he was that last offensive lineman where the, the guy that they just never dressed unless someone else was hurt. When DeCastro was hurt earlier in the season, he still he was the guy that that managed to to get a game then. But I don't even know. Other, I think he might have been on the might have made it on for special teams. Okay. So there you have some people that might be sleeper picks to make the 53-man roster. Shield 91 with a five spot in the tip jar. He says, what has been the most memorable Steelers gift you've ever received? The gift. Now, Brian, you getting out the checkbook and writing yourself a check for a jersey does not count as you gifting it to yourself. What would be the best gift, Steelers gift, you've ever received? Well, uh, this is an easy one. Um, I have gotten a lot of Steeler gifts over the years because that's what people know what to get me because they know how much I love them. Um, probably one of my greatest gifts was my first tickets, um, December 5th, 1982, um, from my dad for my birthday. And it was my first ever game, but I, I'm not going to call it that. Um, one of the coolest memorabilia gifts is probably what uh, Steel 91's asking. And uh, for my wedding, and it was a football and it's my wife's name is Jennifer. And it said, uh, to Brian and Jennifer, congratulations, Franco Harris. Nice. That's awesome. That's a good one. What about you, Dave? Um, I, I've got to go the ticket route because this was long before I even considered having any kind of season tickets. It was my first Steeler game. Um, it was my, it was in uh, 2004 when my wife uh, got me a jacket, which ironically was not a Steeler jacket. She looks back on that now and she's like, why didn't I get you a Steeler jacket? But in, but in the, in the, on Christmas day on, in the pocket of the jacket was two tickets to the game at Heinz field. The next day I had never been to Heinz field. I'd never, and, and I'd never been to a Steeler game. So that was my first one. It was, it was week 16, uh, Ben's rookie year. The threw a touchdown to Plaxico burst, beat the Ravens to lock up the number one seed. And that was just a fantastic gift. Um, if I'm going non-tickets, my uh, um, I, I did have have a, have a family member uh, make a montage of a certain uh, player no longer with the team um, that they only got a third and a fifth round pick for of of, of a bunch of <laughs> pictures of him that he took himself when I took him to a game. Um, that was that was pretty neat that he took the time to make himself. We need to take that down. Um, <laughs> so for me, uh, th there's two, and they both involve jerseys, believe it or not. Uh, it's People might not understand this. I've never bought a Steelers jersey myself, ever. Um, and I'll never forget, it was 2004. We all know what happened in 2004. It was when Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, took the whole Steeler Nation by a storm. And I remember I was just infatuated with this kid, and he was about my age, and he was just rattling off wins. And I just kept on saying, I, I want a jersey. I, I want a Big Ben jersey. And my wife, you couldn't get them. And it was tough to find them, like in a store. It was really difficult. And the year prior to that, it was funny because it was a Troy Polamalu was a tough get because they were just selling out like crazy. And so my wife actually, her, her mom talked to someone that was going to Heinz Field, and they bought a white replica Ben Roethlisberger Reebok jersey and my wife gave it to me as a gift and I was just floored. I was these I was so happy. Still have the jersey, still wear it when they play on the road and have never washed that thing. Never. <laughs> I never wash my jerseys. I never do. That's a little secret. But the second one would be Brian Davis 
I he yeah you're making it you're making it he showed up to my house wow. randomly and I was so sick I I remember I got home from work and I was just like curled up in the fetal position on the bed and my wife's like Brian's here and I'm like I'm not talking to anybody and she goes he left you something she was left this gift at the edge of the bed and it was Ben Roethlisberger color rush jersey which was a very thoughtful gift I really appreciate that you wrote in your article that I took it off I did take it off in the immaculate extension game it just had some bad juju on it, but I wore it against the Patriots last year. We're all good, just so you know. <laughs> all right, we're back. Yeah, and I'm glad you read that. You thought I was going to blast you in the I, – I, I, but I just love the fact that uh, you did take it off because that, to me, that was the whole point of the article. It's the superstition of it. Yeah. And we – I mean, I'm a guy that I've actually burnt a pair of camo pants, Steeler camo pants, um, because <laughs> – I was six games in a row that I lost that the Steelers lost or tied. And this is back in 2002. And my friends were going to come and break into my house if I didn't turn them over. So we had a ceremony. They beat the Buccaneers on Monday night football when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl that year. And it was, it was a pretty big deal. And, uh, just because everybody has their own superstitions. We're really getting off on tangents here, but was that the game where Jerome Bettis threw a touchdown pass? No. Okay. No, that was that actually was, that the, was the that paper was the year before. That was the paper champions game, wasn't it? Yeah. When Lee Flowers made the comment and Jerome Bettis threw the halfback pass for a touchdown against the Bucks down in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that was the year before. But the okay. game that I'm talking about was right before Christmas, and um, actually, it's really funny. I was just I used to do that column, the uh, Throwback Thursday, and I'd go over games, and I was watching that game, and. Uh, a current Steeler was in the audience, and we just talked about him earlier. Trey Griffey was yeah. actually uh, in the audience. They showed him at that game. That was an awesome game. They made the playoffs. It was Tommy Maddox's year. Oh, yeah. Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn, everybody. All um, right. I've, I've got two things to throw out there. All right. I think I'm making sure it wasn't frozen. And now I've got to remember what they both are. Um, the, the first thing is you can, oh, you can, you can thank – me and people that I was watching the playoff games with in 2000 when the Steelers won the Super Bowl in, in the 2005 season. The fact that we even got there is because we figured out which person had to be holding the 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 the, the small leather plush Steeler football versus when we were on offense, defense, or special teams. <laughs> we had to throw the ball while the kick was in the air on the kickoffs. Um, you know, a certain person had to hold it for field goals, and we had to figure that all out for the Steelers to win those games, and we got it figured out. So you're welcome, Steeler Nation. And the other thing is, Jeff, I didn't even get an honorable mention. I'm hurt. No, it's, <laughs> I'm t I trust me. You're, it's going to get brought up, and Dave and I know what he's talking about. It'll get brought up. It just has to be the right time. Dave, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. all right. That's all right. You understand. It'll be brought up. Trust me. You know my fanhood. It'll be now. Up. Now I'm hurt. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually know what this is. I, I, I actually, now I'm hurt that I didn't get a gift from Dave. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> okay. Next question. Well, we got to derail there. Crazy Chris asks, and he put a buck ninety nine in the tip jar. We appreciate it. Should I trust Juju Smith? -Schuster? This is a tough question, and you guys are both very applicable to answer it. Should I trust Juju Smith Schuster or James Conner on a fantasy team this year? Who would you trust more, Juju or James Conner? Let's go with Brian. 
I'm going with Juju because I think he will be healthier. I still think he's going to get a lot of balls thrown to him, and I think he's going to get a lot of help so he's not on an island. Moncrief is going to help him. Washington's going to help him. Vance McDonald's going to help him. Um, so there's going to be lots of opportunities. Even Deonta, Deontay uh, Johnson, um, Dave, will help him. So um, <laughs> James Conner, I... I love James Conner. The problem with James Conner is I think he's good for 12 games a year. Um, I don't think he's good for 16 just because, not because of his playing ability, because of um, his durability, because we ha we haven't seen him for a full 16 in two seasons. And um, and that has nothing to do with uh, what happened at Pitt with the uh, unfortunate health situation with him. So I'm not talking about that. That has nothing to do with his durability. I just don't know. With his running style, I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Throw in the fact that Benny Snell Jr. and uh, Jalen Samuels, is go they're going to get opportunities as well. So if you had to pick one of the two, I think Juju's the guy. All right, Dave, what do you think? I'm going Juju quickly because I think Brian was right that I think Snell might take a few of those touchdowns away from Connor. But the reason, more the reason I'm going Juju is whether you're doing a, a regular draft or an auction draft or if you're doing daily fantasy, I'm assuming Juju is going to be cheaper and not take one of the, the higher picks. You know... Well, Jeff doesn't come, do. Come you don't know. You don't do regular fantasy where you draft guys, no, or even do dumb. auction or do e or or the auction drafts. Right. Running that's backs dumb. go higher. Running backs cost more money. You could, you know, if you want James Conner, you're probably going to have to use a first round pick on him. You're not going to have to for Juju, in my opinion. I don't. I think you could get him in the second round. Uh, that's uh, early, I, early I second. Well, it depends okay, well, on how many teams you got, if you're 10 or 12 or 14. Okay. You guys are all wrong anyways, because the money is on James Conner. You can talk about Snell. You can talk about Samuels. The The proof is in the pudding. Mike Tomlin likes a feature running back. He always has. He always will. He's going to have James Conner on the field for the majority of carries. I think this team's going to run the ball more and run it more effectively. They have an offensive line that is a bunch of grinders that are actually, in my opinion, especially if Filer wins the job at right tackle, are better suited to run block than they are to pass block. Put them to work, grind out the yards. I think James Conner is the guy that I would trust. I don't care about, you know, he, he's a goal line guy. They're not going to sub him out in goal line situations. Uh, that's a running back you want to avoid at all costs in fantasy football. And Juju Smith-Schuster, I just think that this, this offense is going to be more spread around than it has been in the past. And I know Juju put up 1,400 last year, uh, but I just... It, unless he has a huge touchdown output, I think his fantasy numbers are going to go down in 2019. So I think James Connors can only go up. He didn't play in as many games. I say James Connor, but that's just me. Dave disagrees, but I'm pretty no, sure. With, the, with what you said about the offensive line. What? That, no, the offensive line is one of, if not the best pass blocking. I'm not saying they lines. suck at pass blocking, but well, my gosh, they, they are, can also. They are, they can also grind out the yards too, Dave. They, on the they can, but they, but, but not. They are more known for being pass blockers than they are run blockers. Because they, the they, they throw the ball 50 damn times a game. Go okay. ahead, Brian. Brian's been itching. Here's the deal I'm smelling a wager here. So this is what, what we're going to do. Okay. Now, is James Conner, are you saying James Conner is going to play 16 games? Oh, no, I didn't say that. I said he's going to okay. play more than he did last year. Okay. 
the the one with the better fantasy output, and it's going to have to be an average here. We can't because so it's, it's points per game. So yeah, okay. Per game. Okay, so the one with the better fantasy output, if it is James Conner, you could name the stakes. If it is not James Conner and it's Juju Smith-Schuster, you, Jeffrey Hartman, has to sit down with Dave Schofield and myself and watch Star Wars. Oh, gosh. That would be horrible. <laughs> oh, hey, you're, you're all, you're all Isn't ready. that movie like four hours long? No, it's not four hours It depends long. on if you're watching all... 12 of them. No, um, I'm not. I'm not signing up for that. No sure You already have the advantage with this because in almost every league, the stats are stacked more for running backs to get points than they are for wide receivers. I'm not saying Juju is going to score more points than James Conner from a fantasy standpoint. What I'm saying is because running backs are stacked, they're the higher value and they're the higher picks. Therefore, I would say – I would much rather have Juju as my number number one fantasy receiver than I would James Conner as my number one fantasy running back. But that wasn't the question. It was who's he going to lean on the most? You're really are you backpedaling out of this no, deal game I'm, or what? I'm saying from a draft standpoint, okay. you're looking at it strictly from See, a daily but, fantasy. Yeah, because who plays stupid? Don't play traditional fantasy football. That's dumb. It's so stupid. It's so outdated. Welcome to FanDuel. Seriously, we're not even sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel, if you're listening, I'd love to be sponsored by you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, it, it, you guys played in my league last year. You got to yeah. cannot tell me oh. that FanDuel is not a million times better than Oh, I love it, but th- I, I still think you're crazy that you think that more people do that than no, they do they don't traditional because, fantasy. Because FanDuel is not set up for free leagues, which, you know, I have students that I teach that are like, oh, I have my fantasy team, but they don't pay money for that. They don't bet, <laughs> They don't gamble on that, which is not fun. Well, you do, but you're not my – I'm talking about – Middle school kids. I know. <laughs> I have the mentality of a middle school kid. Trust me, I'm aware of that. I'm reminded of that every Thursday night. Trust me. <laughs> so, okay. Um, here we go. Let's see here. Snowman says, "What the hell's wrong with Star Wars?" Don't get me started, Snowman. All right, don't get me started. <laughs> Jeff has ripped on Star Wars fans and he's ripped on fantasy foot traditional fantasy football. Yeah. You're, more con- you're more controversial now than Tony Defio on this site. <laughs> well the funny I, I mean seriously, like oh, I used to, I used to play fantasy football and I would get tired of it after week four. You know, your star player gets hurt. No one wants to make any trades. It's not exciting. It's boring. Everyone's like, I got to keep my guys. And now it's like, well, hell, I found FanDuel. I'm like, this is so much better. I pick a different team every week, and I can win money like that. Just bam. And I'm pretty sure I won more money than you guys did last year, if I may say so myself. I'm pretty sure. Maybe in your league, but I don't know about betting on other stuff. I'm talking made, what? I made what a killing on, on, on McDonald's 75-yard touchdown against Tampa. I did. I mean, in my that, league? No, in just in, in a in a regular game uh, that I did. On FanDuel, I, okay. I, 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 I financed my entire season just Absolutely. With that See, that's the best thing about FanDuel is you can get in so many. I'm telling you guys, if you're listening to this right now and you're in a traditional it's league, tell your, tell your buddies, look, Let's can it and let's make a FanDuel league. You could go to DraftKings. I don't care. But those leagues are so much better. So much more entertaining. All right. Uh, let's see here. Don't let's forget go. that we still have to talk about our, our oh, yeah. Brian's love child. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, we really <laughs> had to bring that up. Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about our Steelers preview player of the week. And I was enjoying is... this. Wait, you're a buzzkill, Dave Schofield. I was having fun. He you know how many kill. times Jeff forgets to actually talk about the title of the episode? Go ahead. I haven't had an individual question yet, and I could just feel that it was coming. And then Dave just like, he just stamps it out. You're the new Mo, Jeff. Not Jeff, Dave. Dave, you're Mo now. Uh, I, want give, I want to give a shout out to Ken. He did put a dining sense in the tip jar. I appreciate we appreciate that. Ken, if you ask a question, make sure you put it in. I didn't see any text underneath your uh, submission. If you do, we'll answer that after this. So let's get into our Ulysses Gilbert the Third, the love child of who was it there, with Brian again? It was <laughs> <laughs> Ulysses S. <laughs> and Marcus Gilbert. <laughs> yes. I did, like I said, I did not know who carried that child, but still, here we are, and he is a six-round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Akron. And my question in the title of this episode, which I swear, if someone just stumbles upon this video, they're like, "When are they going to talk about Ulysses Gilbert?" They've talked about jerseys and Star Wars, but here we are, and Ulysses Gilbert. My question, because he is athletic, he is fast. No one is expecting this guy to play on day one unless they're talking about special teams. And so that's where I think his niche is on this team. If he makes the team, my question is, does, do you ever see a situation, a situation or a scenario where you think Ulysses Gilbert, the third could push a guy like Tyler Matikavich off of the 53 man roster. So Brian, I want to start with you. Do you see that as being a potential or a possibility? It's a possibility. Um, I think it's slim. Tyler Matikiewicz has a lot of guys that are going to be gunning for him because he's the one that even though he's a special teams demon, he's the guy that is uh, susceptible to these younger guys coming in and they're going to make their name because of special teams. Um, Ulysses S. Gilbert is fast. He has a four. He runs a 4.5. He turned a lot of heads at the combine. Um he's undersized and that's the problem. But I mean, you know, undersized was Tyler Matikiewicz and dirty red did some great things. I just think this guy, um, would need a lot of dominoes to fall to make it. I think he is probably, um, a definite, uh, practice squad guy. So what are those dominoes? You said they would need the dominoes to fall to make the team. Uh, you would have to see a lot of guys like, uh, even though this guy, this is not apples to apples because this guy is not a linebacker, but a Jordan Dangerfield might have to get cut. A Tyler Medikavich might have to get cut. Um, Sutton Smith is also probably battling for a special teams job as well too. Um, and a, a host of undrafted free agents that do have, some really good uh, opportunities here, like a Robert Spillane, who's also an inside linebacker. So there's uh, there is a lot of traffic. In fact, I might have mentioned it last week. I think uh, I am more excited this year than any year about the undrafted guys, um, the guys that have uh, been cut from other teams, the guys that you're given future contracts to. There is a lot of um, lesser name budget talent on this team that could really be fighting for jobs. Okay. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on uh, Ulysses Gilbert and his potential of making the 53 and maybe bumping a guy like Medikavich off the roster? 
I look at him right now as a practice squad player, unless he balls out. Um, just because it, it just kind of seems to fit there. It's, it's all going to come down to the special teams. If he can, if he shows just as much flash as Medikevich on special teams, which is basically the only reason he's stuck around so long that he's going to get the spot. It could even also be a situation where if you can fit Medikevich and Gilbert and um, Sutton Smith, if you can fit all of those guys on the 53, they're going to all be battling for like one helmet for the each week. If you could even get all three of them on the roster. I, I just don't know if it's there. My most concerning thing with him is he had a big fall off in his stats his senior year of college. Um, he, the only thing that he did not fall off on is fumble recoveries uh, for touchdowns that he had two fumble recovers, cut recoveries for touchdowns his senior year. Everything else he fell off on, um, like even going from his sophomore year to a senior year. Like, for example, tackles, total tackles. Um, as a sophomore, he had 121. As a junior, he had 140. As a senior, he had 85. Sacks, he had four each as a sophomore and a junior, only had a half a sack as a senior. Um, he had three interceptions as a junior, none as a senior. He had four pass defenses as a junior, three as a sophomore, only one as a senior. He just It just seemed like from a statistics standpoint, it was a big drop-off, and which could be a red flag, but it could also just be the situation. You don't – with these schools like Toledo and the MAC, we don't really always know what's going on uh, with those kinds of things. But uh, that's why I look at him as a practice squad guy that if he really shows shows out at, at camp and in the preseason, that then makes a push to make the roster. All I'm going to say is that every year the Steelers basically have a player that everyone expects this XYZ to happen, and it doesn't happen. Um, like, for instance, last year, everyone thought, well, Joshua Dobbs is gone. You know, it's going to be Ben. It's going to be Landry. They just drafted Mason Rudolph. That's going to be your trio of quarterback. And then look what happens. Landry Jones is trying out for the XFL now. So, uh, I think that this is a, this, these back end draft picks, you're talking about the six round picks, things like that. And they, you know, those type of players, it just is going to take a flash or two. Mike Tomlin talks about it every preseason that the fourth game, he always brings up Terrence Garvin. You know, he blocked a kick. I think he made a big special teams play, recovered a fumble. He got their attention. And he made the football team, played for a couple years. This is what he's going to have to do. Ulysses Gilbert's going to have to somehow make some splash plays in some way, shape, or form if he wants to make the team. And just remember, I mean, he's the six-round draft pick, but he's their final six-round draft pick. He's their eighth of nine players picked. There's no guarantee he makes this team. If he gets cut, it's not a... In my opinion, it's not a knock on the organization or the drafting process or anything like that. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how the chips fall in regards to Sutton Smith, another six-round pick, and Ulysses Gilbert. And they're kind of vying for that, like like Dave said, that one helmet. Latrobe's going to be fun this year if you really like the 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 really small camp battles. The big camp battles are... I don't think they're that great this year. Don't you guys think? I mean, you have wide receiver, but it's not really who's going to make the team. It's more so who's one, who's who's two, who's three, who's slot, X, Y, Z, all that stuff. Tight end, eh. running back, then eh, not really. Inside linebacker, I guess. 
Uh, there's, really, there's really not a lot of camp battles this year. Maybe Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton is a genuine camp battle. Cam, right tackle. Chris, right tackle is a genuine camp battle. Chris Chris Boswell and Matthew Wright, I believe that's his name. That's a genuine camp battle. That my you miss, know, my that la- you mentioned wide receiver. That last wide receiver spot is uh is gonna be pretty good because a guy like Eli Rogers or maybe a Ryan Switzer, someone's someone might get left off this roster yeah. when it's all said and done. Um, because there's a lot of traffic at wide receiver. And uh what, what if uh Deontay Spencer makes his way in from the CFL? who's turned some heads as well. I mean, I I think that I don't know whether they're going to keep five or six. We already know it's Juju's definitely there. You know, Deontay Johnson's going to stay. You know that uh, Moncrief is going to have a job and James Washington's going to have a job. So there's, uh, there's a lot of guys for uh, that fifth spot, and we assume it's going to be Switzer. So if that's the case, where's Eli Rogers go? And a lot of other guys looking. Right, and that's the thing is the Steelers don't like to – you said this before, Brian. They don't like to basically say, yeah, we made a mistake on this one. And they just gave Eli Rogers a new contract. And they traded for Ryan Switzer last year. And the team doesn't like to do that. They don't like to say, yeah, boy, we really swung and missed on that one. I understand it's happened before, but that's not the norm when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll see. But that's six guys. Switzer. I don't and, know. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's I mean, I, I, think, go. I think the six is set. Oh, you Personally. think they're keeping six? Yeah, I, I think, think I think they keep six. A lot of the okay. fun battles to watch are going to be to who makes the practice squad. Well, because... and that's a crapshoot because they have to clear waivers, though, because you True. have to cut the player and they could get picked up by someone exactly. else. Exactly. So, so that that right there then could take one of those spots away. But we've all we've seen it, and like I referenced earlier in the show, how many times do you think, oh man, someone they they they're going to make the team based on their preseason, and then the Steelers make a move yeah there and then are. and then therefore there's not really room for that person they end up on the practice squad instead yeah so okay um reginald asked a question this is kind of towards dave and myself they said are, are we going to do a uh, 53 man roster i guess dave we should probably dust that off before uh training camp and redo our 53 man predictions if you think they've changed it all so we'll have to revisit that but we have done that reginald mm-hmm. for those that are curious and that's on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, obviously. Yeah, well, if, if nothing else, even if we don't, I don't even know if I'd change much of anything on it. I might make a change or two, but we should we should redo that before yeah. training camp comes out. Okay. All right, so now did, is the did time. Did you find any question? Who's? From where Ken dropped his dollar in the in the tip jar, but you couldn't find his question? He asked was, it again. What was it? It was. Here we go. He said, what... What's the Steelers' record, and how far do they go if the defense has this stat line? He says 25 turnovers. I'm assuming he means takeaways there. Uh, 54 sacks and uh, 21.9 points per game, meaning under 22 points a game. Jeez, Ken, that's specific. <laughs> now I see why you paid a dollar for it. Is that that's a that's like a five dollar question, Ken? Come on, you're yeah. killing me here. Now I'm just joking. <laughs> Let is me that read Ken from, that's Ken from New Jersey. It is, yeah. Oh, uh, Ken's my buddy. He's in the house. Um, okay, twenty-five turnovers. Louis, we assume that means takeaways. Fifty-four sacks, which is more than they had in 2018, and but allowing 21.9 points per game. I'm going to say that they, A, make the playoffs. 
I'm going to say the B, they at least win a game. I'm not sure if the 21.9 points per game is good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's my take. Brian, what do you think? I think that's, uh, you're absolutely right. That might be a nine and seven, lucky to be 10 and six season with those points per game. We have a 25 turnovers. We're talking about extra possessions there. Uh, that's true. Um, that's, uh, I need like Dave Schofield time. I need two weeks of doing nothing but stats to figure that one out. <laughs> All right, go ahead, uh, Dave. What do you think? Um, I'm going to say you're right. The takeaways really add to it. The, the sacks need to lead to takeaways. And the takeaways need to lead to to extra possessions, which means more points or taking away points. It's that it's that twenty two points a game. Um, that means they're going to be in a lot of close games. Uh, I'm I'm going to say that's going to equate to around eleven wins. And you're trying to fight to see um, if you can get a first round buy, but that might not that might not be enough for a buy. That would probably put you in the three or four seed win the division, host the game, and then have to go on the road the next week. Yeah, and you bring in like run you bring in like the differential too, the, the turnover takeaway. We talked about that in past episodes. Um so it'll be interesting to see. We have one last question here, five dollars in the tip jar from Russ. He says, can Sutton make the roster for more than just special teams and Dante Spencer um take Eli's spot on the roster too. So he's talking about Sutton Smith, the rookie from Northern Illinois. And Dante's Dante Spencer from a uh, talking about Eli Rogers slot spot. We'll go with Brian. What are your thoughts on that? 30 sacks and basically 30 sacks in two seasons as a sophomore and a junior means you could get to the quarterback. If he goes crazy, it might be an Ola situation where you're wanting to put him on the roster, not just for special teams. So yes, I think he can. As far as Deontay Spencer, I really love what this guy is doing. I think he could take Eli Rogers spot and to a point that Jeff made earlier, you know, they, and I've always preached this, that they, they don't want to be shown up with the contracts that they make, but, I uh, they gave a two-year deal to uh, um, Shade Tree uh, McCullers as well, and I don't know if uh, if someone better like Bugs comes around if they don't get rid of him and just uh, um, just uh, you cut their losses. So I would think Deontay Spencer, if he keeps uh, turning heads, he could crack that number six spot. All right, Dave. Anything different? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the Sutton Smith route. I don't think there's a path for him to make the 53. That's not because of his special teams play, because he's not going to be higher than the third outside linebacker. It doesn't mean that he's could never play outside linebacker, or if they move him to the inside. Um, but it's going to have to be because of the special teams. Now, obviously, he's got to be adequate wherever they end up having him play. Otherwise, whether it be backup fullback or whatever they they decide for him to do, but bottom line is it it's it's too tough for him to crack into those starting or first backup positions. That it's it really has to be. If he's not a good special teams player, he's, he's it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's good. I, I think honestly. It's a good place to wrap it up in terms of the content for the day. This is typically when we go to our either or segment. It's if we have either or questions. I know I have one. It's very simple. Um, it's sports movie related. So, Dave, do you have a Steelers one? Do you have one at all this week? I have one, but it is not Steeler related. Brian, is your Steeler related? 
a little bit, but not. It's Brian related. Uh, well, <laughs> they're all Brian related. Let's, yes, it's, okay. it's a Brian special. It's classic Brian, so save me to last. Okay. I'll, I'll go first. Go ahead, Dave. All right, because Jeff even alluded to it last week. I came up with this several weeks ago that I had in my back pocket, and it is this. You asked about um, entrance music, walk-up music last week, which was a great question. This is the same kind of deal. For your entrance music, which one are you taking? Are you taking Rick Derringer's Real American, or are you taking Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child? Which Hulk Hogan theme music, entrance music, was better? Because now you're you're going into different forces there too. You're talking about WWF versus WCW. You're talking about hero versus heel. Um, if we're just talking about music, I will take Voodoo Child because I used to love watching him come out and he's holding that belt like a guitar and he's strumming that thing and he was just the bad man. And growing up watching Hulk Hogan being a hero of mine, I had a poster of him in my room. I loved it. I was a Hulkamaniac through and through. There was something cool about seeing him be bad, though. <laughs> I just got to say that. So I like, I'll like. i take Voodoo Child. What about you, Brian? You know, my my inner Brian is saying right now, what's she going to do, brother? <laughs> and uh, so, and I'm just like, I'm like, dan, 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 dan. Walls are crashing down and it hurts inside. Bam, 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 bam. I am a real American. Fight for the right of every man. <laughs> I I should have realized this was going to turn into a concert. <laughs> I'm assuming that is Brian's answer. Yeah. So, sure I'm trying. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. As great as that song was, and I would bust into that as a kid all the time. <sighs> there was just something when that someone's out there doing an interview. And all of a sudden, you hear that guitar kick in from Voodoo Child that they're just going to be interrupting. And you know who's coming to come out here and just totally blow up and make fun of whatever's being said. Uh, with, with the with the NWO and with that, that that's – I will – as much as I will always remember Real American, I loved that. That, that, N, that NWO spin and that entrance music is just fantastic. It's funny you bring this up. I was talking to my wife the other night about how entrance music for wrestling, we were watching a show on wrestling on Viceland the other night. And I said, the entrance music was, it was part of the show and the greatest of the greats had the greatest music. And when you think about it, it was something like Dave just brought up. And I, I mean, how many times if you watched in the late nineties, early two thousands, in the middle of an interview, you heard glass break. The crowd just went absolutely berserk because they knew Stone Cold Steve Austin was coming out and he was going to do something crazy or they heard the rock. If you smell and then it just went nuts, just went nuts. And I, it's, it's, it's entertainment. Like that's what people, the people hate on wrestling all the time. I, I used to love it. I don't watch anymore, but I used to love it. But so that's, I do. yeah, the, the, ends, the entrance songs are the best. And, or like someone like Ali brings up the undertaker when, remember when the lights would just go out, the gong and then dong and you're like oh boy and then you know yeah you know who wrote a lot of those uh those songs for wcw at that point not of course not voodoo child jimmy hart oh 
Yes. Really? I, I did. And, yeah, he he did because they they did basically another song very similar to Real American for Hulk Hogan to use in in WCW before he went NWO. I can't remember what it was called because I looked it up. I think they said he's had eleven different theme songs over the course of his career. Oh, I can't remember what that one's called though. So there's a 1965 song by a group called the I believe the McCoys, and it's called Keep on Dancing. And I uh, went to number five, and Jimmy Hart was a member of that that group. Wow! He he actually had a number five single. Yeah, well, we could talk about this for a long time. So we'll go on to the next either or. Um, we'll be able to bring up wrestling next week. And mine is about sports movies, but I'm trying to focus on comedies. So I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy. I'm a big golfer. And when you talk about comedy movies, you're splitting hairs when you have to choose between Major League and Caddyshack. And so. Both of them have very relevant. It, people look at watch Caddyshack and they just laugh and say it's ridiculous. Those people have never worked in a country club. I grew up working in a country club, and I'm going to tell you right now that movie is not far off in a lot of different ways. So I'm going to say, so I'm going to say, okay. And in Major League, wow. Major I'm impressed. <laughs> in Major League is not far off either if you've ever played baseball for a long time and you're around this group of guys that are just all unique and different now. Um, still, they're tremendous movies. Which is the best of the two? We'll go with Brian first. This is really tough for me because I'm a SNL guy. Um, I love Bill Murray more than anything. I'm a Chevy Chase guy, even though I think he's a jerk in real life. Um, but Major League was came out when I was a senior in high school. I saw it twice in the theater. I actually went out and asked for a uh, Cleveland Indians jersey for Christmas because of that movie. And I, I absolutely loved it. And uh, you have, gosh, Serrano came, became the president of the United States. So with that in, uh, in Kiefer Sutherland's 24. Yep. So I'm a major league guy. All right, Dave. <sighs> It's been so long since I've seen Caddyshack. Oh, I mean, God. I watched it as a kid, and I remember it was funny. But, um, but yeah, I like Major League. I'm going to go with that one. I'm not going to have to go into exactly why, like Brian. But that's a really close question. It was a good that that, that was a good toss up. So I'll go Major League. It comes down to one liners for me. Which movie has more one liners? Which which movie do I quote the most? And like right now, a softball season, as Dave knows. And you can ask the to my teammate that plays left center field. I sit there and quote Major League the entire game for whatever reason. If someone takes one off the hip, come on, Dorn, get in front of the ball. Don't give me this old label. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I can say that whole movie. Someone makes a nice catch, a basket catch, nice catch, A's. Don't ever do it again. I'm using the edited version just so everyone's clear. Um, I am going to have to, for that reason, say Major League. But Caddyshack, when I'm on the golf course, if you, you can't golf, without quoting Caddyshack in some way, shape, or form. But uh, Major League, by a hair. I find myself <laughs> quoting Happy Gilmore a lot more than Caddyshack when I'm golfing. Uh, that's such a bad golf movie, though. Oh, I know, but that, but it's it's still got great lines. <laughs> so, all right, no, Brian. I, bring up the rear here. All right. First of all, I need to uh, issue a, a heartfelt apology because lately I've had more serious... Um, either wars, and I've been trying to be more mature. And uh, guys, I gotta be me, I can't do it anymore. So, with that being said, 
you've got an opportunity, and this is Steelers centered. You have an opportunity to not just get season tickets for life. You get passes to every single away game with accommodations. And uh, with accommodations, you get to go to the locker room, and this includes the playoffs. But there's just one condition. You have to accept a punch in the face or a punch in the jubblies. Which one's it going to be? <laughs> oh, Dave, go ahead. Uh, that, see, that reminds me of that one of the final episodes of Friends when they talked about, you know, you, you'll never know what hurts more to get kicked in the nuts or to give birth. And I, I, someone's snide remark, um, reply to that that I saw recently was, uh, it's got to be getting getting kicked in the McNuggets because um, how many times does a woman give birth and then say, let's have another one? You've never heard a guy <laughs> say, kick me in the nuts again. <laughs> so um, you, you, can, you, you can, if I can take my glasses off, you can punch me in the face. Okay, that's fair. You can. Um, yeah, see, I'm probably going to go, yeah, I'll probably go with face as well. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't think it would hurt as bad. I've been hit in the face, but yeah, I'll go with the face. What about you, Brian? Well, um, the money makers right here. Um, so I've got to protect it. <laughs> so, and uh, <laughs> with that being said, and I, uh, I've had my share of uh, share of kicks to the groin, and uh, uh, a really funny story, and this is probably is over thirty five years old, and I was so embarrassed at the time. But I was starting, I was starting to play pee wee football in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and it was a startup league, and I was all excited. I was eleven years old. I was going to play, and I had a crush on the next door neighbor, and um, her dad was actually a football coach. And I would go over there, and I would say, I was over there talking to her. I'm like, hey. And I had practice, and I'm like, I'm still wearing my jock strap. You can punch me in the nuts, <laughs> and it won't hurt. <laughs> and then here, what I I didn't realize that the the family heard it. And then there, then like a day later, I'm there, like you gotta hear what this kid said. <laughs> and they're all laughing, and I like sulked away. I'm like, they're gonna tell my parents, I'm gonna get busted. <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble. Well, they told my parents, and my dad thought it was hilarious. Well, but uh, so yeah, I'll I'll take one to the uh, Joels for for that. Um, I don't want to mess with sinuses and all that, and you know, that's true. All right, that's a great that's a great way to end it. I think. Uh, <laughs> so look, okay. if, yeah, if you if you're in the live chat and you've been with us the whole time, God bless you, and um, we appreciate everyone that contributed. Uh, really do uh, thank everyone for being a part of the community. It's a great little community we have here every week. Uh, make sure you check behindthesteelcurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers wants and needs in terms of articles eight a eight a day, even over the weekend. Once the season starts up, we're going to be talking probably 12 articles a day is going to be our, our what we're shooting for. It's a ton of content, folks, so make sure you check it out. And lastly, make sure you follow us on our podcast forum. You're obviously, if you're watching the live chat, you're here on YouTube, which is BTSE Steelers Radio, but also on our podcast, anywhere where you find your podcast, just search Steelers Behind the Steel Curtain, and you'll find our show. Subscribe, and uh, we will see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we preview the final draft pick, Durbin Gray. 
I'm pretty sure he's on a love child. We'll find out. Tune in next week for another episode of the Steelers Preview.